It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Monday, February 28th. LA Galaxy get a 1-0 victory over the defending MLS Cup champions on opening day. That was fun. Uh, maybe the second half wasn't fun, though. If we actually remember what happened, the second half was boring. Uh, and then something exciting happened at the very, very, very end of it. We're going to talk about the whole game, first half, second half, all that fun stuff. We've got stats. We've got things to talk about. Chicharito, uh, Edwards, uh, Douglas Costa's debut, a whole bunch of things that we're going to talk about and get you ready for. All right. Is everybody happy with that? I feel like everybody should be happy with that. Uh, to help me out today, uh, he's back on the show once again. It's Kevin, the Panda, Baxter. Mr. Baxter, how are you doing? Hey, have you got all that technical stuff figured out? Uh, I don't I don't know. This is like the third time we tried to start the show. So, yeah, I don't know what was going on. There was no sound coming from something for some reason. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. I blame you. It's your fault. It probably is. But, I mean, I think once you have done this show for a little while, maybe you'll, you'll kind of get into it. My listeners, they have things to do. They have places to go, people to meet. We got to go. Come on. We got to move it along. I have no idea what happened. No idea. By the way. Yes. You mentioned the Galaxy won their first game. I know you, you got all those fancy charts. You're going to put them up. But before I even see the chart, I know that this matches the Galaxy's best start one game into a season that is co- of all time. That is correct. Good job. Good job. Way, way to pull that stat out. Um, yeah. You know, it's not as if you if you talk to the LA Galaxy, uh, by the way, they will tell you that in home openers, they were 17, 8 and 2. So a really good record in 27 games whenever you have home openers. So usually we can say the LA Galaxy win games at home. Whenever you're looking at what happened against New York, New York City, they normally don't beat New York City, as a matter of fact, right? Because um, they, I think they only have two wins in six games. Now, right. This is the second one. They, they, the only time they won was 2015, New York mm-hmm. City's uh, expansion year. Chicharito's goal was the second they've scored against them since then. And the last four games until uh, Sunday, they've been shut out in three of them. Uh, there's, there's, there's even interesting, the galaxy are worse overall in season openers. Did you know that they're only 13, eight and six in season openers? So not 17, 13, eight and six in season openers. So this was a season opener. It also counted as a home opener. I thought that was interesting. You know, the galaxy have not lost a home opener since 2017. 
do you know that they've only made the playoffs once in the last five seasons, and that's the number everybody cares about? <laughs> I was going to say, none of this matters. The Galaxy were one 2017. of them. So they won the opener in 2017? No, 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 they lost the opener in 2017. Oh, okay. the, the rest of the years, they have they have made it. But yeah, only okay. one of those resulted in a, in a playoff run. So, I mean, again, we, we look at a whole bunch of different things and, and sort of where it is. And bottom line is stats that we're going to show you here that do anything but just sort of tell the story of the game, if they try to project anything within a season, are complete ridiculous uh, crap, really. Um, but we're going to talk about them anyway, so I, I think that's fun. Um, there's there's a couple things I want to get to before we dive deep into the show or, or until I screw it up again audio-wise, so that way um, you know, it no longer functions and we have to start this over for the fourth time. Um, live shows are fun, man. Really appreciate that. Uh, one thing is uh, this wonderful kit that I am wearing, and I know I will describe it for everybody who's on the podcast. Um, I have some really great friends over at SoccerWarehouse.com. All right. Soccer Warehouse. Um, that's where W-E-A-R. Get that right, Kevin, because I was trying to type it in and it, it wasn't it wasn't coming up. But Soccer Warehouse, uh, they they gave me this this awesome like jersey. This is a kit. It's a it's a navy blue kit. It's got some like little white cuffs on it and stuff like that. Right. And it says, you know, corner of the galaxy and established uh, 2009. It has our circle crest on it. On the back, it says SoccerWarehouse.com. Uh, they sent this over to me. Now, I posted a picture of this, Kevin, whenever they said they were sending it to me because they put it on Instagram and they're like, oh, we're going to send it over. And I'm like, oh, cool, man. I'm, I'm pumped. That's that looks really cool. I'm, I'm excited about it. And then everybody has been asking me. They're like, so you're going to you're going to sell those. Are you going to sell? Them? I'm like, I don't I didn't even come up with this. So I don't know if there's a lot of people who maybe might be interested, Kevin. Um, I would also like to point out that unlike the L.A. Galaxy, uh, they gave me a large that fits just fine, not an extra large, calling me fat. Um, but, you know, I may be a little more fat after uh, after the weekend and those pupusas as well. Pupus, so, yeah. yeah. So you um, had three of them. I couldn't believe that. I got three pupusas. It was great. Can we let's switch? But anyway, I just want to say soccerwarehouse.com. They are Galaxy fans. I believe the warehouse is in Anaheim. Um, if I'm correct, and I will, I will pull it up and, and sort of look just to see. They have a bunch of different um, ones. One of them's the Anaheim. There's an Eastvale. There's a Temecula location. There's a Corona location. There's no, there's none in Oregon though, Kevin. So there's none near you. Um, no, no. So by the way, they, it doesn't matter. They don't have enough cloth to make me one anyways. You talk about extra large. That'd be a kind of <laughs> snug on me. They have to go, but see, the problem is it's so wide and it's just not short because it, it has to be short too. So it's like a custom job. They have to cut off. They basically have to make a belly shirt for you, a really yeah, wide I, belly I, shirt. No, I do. I need. I got the. I'm pregnant. I just basically think of that. Clothes for me is what a pregnant woman might wear because everything's normal size except that little bump. Oh, poor you. All right, uh, let's talk about the pupusas and and Afja had their. There uh, we are. The, their pupusas with purpose. Um, I'm, a, I'm the good looking one in that picture. Yeah, this is great. By the way, I should point out, um, Carlos, uh, one of our listeners, took this picture for us whenever they saw us, saw the two white guys with all the uh, the Salvadoran food, right? They're like, oh, this is a great picture. We need to have it. But Carlos took this picture for us. That way we could point out that we did have pupusas. I would like to point out we were carrying three orders there. One for you, Kevin, one for me and one for Damien. Um, I think you and you and Damien each got like like one pupusa and then I had yeah. three. No, Damien got two. I think okay. I got, and I got one. I think I got shortchanged. I think I was supposed to have two, but it's pupusas with a purpose, so it doesn't really matter. The one that I had was great. I want to have another one. We'll have some more later. But um, yeah, I mean, it was great, and we're also not wearing our masks, which yeah, I felt really really which, bad about. I which did. was which is recommended and not required whenever you're outside. Um, so sitting in the press box. I'm technically outside, so um, you know we're we're hanging out there and did it. But uh, the pupusas were excellent. 
by the way. They were very good. Uh, yes. th- three Kevin is too many. Um, I think next time I will order two. That's not true. Next time I will order three and complain about how it was too many again because I did eat all three of them. So uh, yeah. no, no, no fork either. There was no fork. I didn't have a fork. I think I think Damien used a fork. I tried to talk oh, about available it. Available on request. Yes, it was great. It says right there. Available on request. It was great. So um, anyway, no, the the after after people were amazing. They were there for for really long. I, I would say I will I would like to point this out, Kevin, just because I did hear some comments about it. Is that I believe they're like. Eight fifty a piece was was right around what it was, and that's expensive, right? For pupusas, you know, even whenever I go to my white people farmer market and they have uh, the El- the Salvadoran booth there and they're making pupusas, it's like three fifty, you know, that type of thing. Um, and so it's eight fifty. I would like to point out that one, it's for charity, um, but two is that they're not in control of that pricing either. All right, so don't don't be mad at at the after people for the eight fifty pupusas. All right, that's not their choice. Uh, the people who run the restaurants around Dignity Health Sports Park, all of that. I think that's all uh, Levy, uh, Levy restaurants. Um, they are the ones who control the pricing on that stuff. So again, do what you need to do. I would certainly support this, these guys, over anything else if I was choosing to. Um, but they did a great job, and it's for charity, so that's awesome. All right? Yeah, I mean, because they, they let people know if you have a choice between a three fifty pupusa and a $15 slice of pepperoni pizza... You're gonna take the pupusa, so you gotta kind of yeah. out. Yeah, you got you got you got to make it. You got to make it. you got to make it fair. But it's for charity, Kevin. I mean, isn't that doesn't it seem a little tone deaf to be like, hey, we're gonna make you charge a lot because we don't want you hogging up well, no, all the thing for charity? Th- their argument's gonna be, we're wasting more money for charity. If we're charging more, you're gonna get more money. That's not. I don't. I don't think that's how that Supply works. Supply and demand. Supp- I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, uh, pupusas were excellent. It was one of the highlights of the day. Although certainly being at a capacity crowd sellout, loud stadium was another highlight. And Kevin was walking around the concourse. Kevin, how many times did you get recognized on the concourse? That was pretty cool. About three or four times. That's that and pe- was cool. People stop to like take pictures with you. I mean, most people hate you, so I don't understand why. Uh, yeah, that is, I did. well, that's what they they need. They need something to put up on their bulletin board and their dartboard at home. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. But no, it was great. We got to see some people. Um, next time, if that vegan food truck is there, you need to go try the vegan food truck too. as well. I need to. And yeah, and alert, alert me, alert me, gente, when the vegan food truck is there. Yeah, there was a the, the, the somebody found us and, and saw Kevin and was trying to draw him over to it. Uh, who was running the the vegan food truck? So, um, we'll, we'll maybe we'll hit that one next time. Maybe that's what we'll do. Maybe you and I from now on will ha- go around to different places where they give us free food. Which, by the way, we paid for our pupusas. Well, I didn't. We did. Kevin paid for them, and I haven't yeah, paid him back yet. Yeah, just like the pay I get for Corner of the Galaxy, exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> it comes to this. Uh, just put it on my check. It, it costs you money this time. It costs you yeah, money. It's actually I, worse. I'm still waiting for the tickets for Chicharito Boy, the guy who lives down the street. I, no problem. Anytime. Just I, I all it takes is an email. You, I just don't like to do it well in advance. It it, it messes you, you up know, with my head. Yeah, but I think he doesn't believe I really know Chicharito <laughs> or, or you even. He doesn't know. Um, you know what? We could do like a, a food tasting show. We could videotape this as we go to different places around Dignity Hill Sports Park and and try the whatever. This this is this is try. this is where I ask: Do we ha- who has the time to be? Who is it that is going to be filming and editing all this stuff? Is it me again? I just I just want to make probably. Sure. All right. Anyway, this is why Eric was valuable. <laughs> he he did he did some editing um and and then he moved to Texas. So yeah, that's so much for that. You know that was you know Sophie has those hats and she kind of looks sometimes she looks she looks she can look like a film director she looks fancy um and she always does so sophie was there damien is there anyway let's get to this game uh 
LA Galaxy 1-0 victors over the visiting uh, New York City FC defending MLS Cup champions. A 90th minute goal by Chicharito uh, by a quote-unquote number 10 pass, as Chicharito called it, uh, from uh, Raheem Edwards. Uh, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. Let's get you to the, at least to the starting lineup. Can we talk about the starting lineup just, just in the sense of how, how it was presented, Let's. Kevin? Uh, we got a list as a starting lineup. Can I tell you how much I hate lists as starting lineups like put it in a formation people this there's no tactical advantage there's nothing in that that would make you feel like oh wow you're giving away and it gives people an idea of what to look for this list does nothing for me well but but in defense of the list i will say that this list i get bonds the goalkeeper then it goes you know it goes right what right back Yes, oh, right yeah. back, center backs. It, 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 the list works. It's in order. Costin Chicharito up top. Um, a lot of times, for whatever reason, people will put the goalkeeper and then a central midfielder and then uh, you know a left back and then the center back and then up to the forward. I don't know. Th- those lineups don't make any sense to me. This one, at least, I can look at that and knowing the galaxy, I know where all these guys are going to play. No, yeah, yeah, no, I, I just, I totally disagree. I mean, I get it. Of course you do. I get it, but I, I just know there's no, there's no reason for this. This is a, a stylistic choice and it's a bad choice and they shouldn't do it. It's the social media people there, probably. Well, I mean, I'm sure it is. And and listen, this is a lot easier to put together than it is to put a formation up, right? A formation is harder. You might have to move it a lot. You don't have to move this list for every game, right? You can basically just type in names and it goes right in there. If you have a different formation every game or you have a different little tweak, it's a lot harder. But you know what? That's how that's how you get people to engage is you show them formations. And then the cool thing is, if you show them a realistic formation, is you then get to see how that changes in the game. Because then you get to see how it morphs and it twists and it turns. And oh, look, Costa's now on the right-hand side and he was on the left-hand side. Oh, no, he's on the left-hand side. Oh, he's playing in the middle. Like there's all these things that you can sort of watch happen. And it's based off of that starting. And, and Bruce Arena's right. A formation is a starter. I was just going to say, what did God always tell you about <laughs> formations? He told you over and over again. Yes. No, I mean, and I get it. I get it. But at the same time, there, this, this is, this, it needs to be better. All right. It needs better. And by the way, we got new stat sheets and the stat sheets came out and gave some lineups and that's not, that's not really there either. They had Javier Hernandez and Victor Vasquez sort of playing together in a four, four, two. Um, the other things are, are close. I mean, you know, it's not bad, but it's just, again, I would rather have something that shows the field and shows the players and then we can decide whether or not that's at least realistic than to just have a list. And the list is not good enough for me. And I was expecting that there would be a formation somehow that we would see something either from the Spanish account, because sometimes the Spanish account tweets out the pictures. Um, and then the the English account tweets out a link that takes you to the website. You know, they're trying to get you to go and click on things. Uh, Got to get that engagement. Um, so, you know, the whole deal. But that, that didn't happen. They were both lists on both sides. And it's just it's not good enough. All right. There we go. I'm, I'm glad I got that off my chest. That was that was really the thing that was bothering me the most. This is this is if you're trying to get people into the game, this is something that's important. And so I that's feel, your biggest issue. I feel like it's it's overlooked with the game. Maybe the second half yeah. was probably my biggest issue. So white people issues here. Yes. Yes. The, the game. The game. I mean, the Bond only made one save, right? Only one shot. Only on goal. one shot on goal. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, there was some action, but overall, it's kind of a boring game. It was very stalemate and and I think Greg was talking about it afterwards just in terms of how everything was played and the field condition they complained about. Yeah, that, which we have never have, name the last time you've ever heard a Galaxy player complain about field conditions like in a real yeah. way. Usually this they're time very, we had 
three, right? I, there well, were at least two. Bond two. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, Bond and uh, and Vanny both complained about the field. Now the field has played what four games in the She Believes Cup were played there within the last week. Um, it looked like the there were football, um, as in American football, um, like like sideline markings. Basically, where the where the field was really beat up, uh, the closest to the near sideline was about ten yards or fifteen yards inside of the field itself, Kevin. And so, whenever you moved in there, that to me shows where people stand on a sideline, right? For football, because football has a narrower field than the, than a soccer field. And so, whenever that's what it felt like, is that there was a whole bunch of wear and tear from people standing on a sideline on the side in the grass. That is not a good look for the galaxy. And usually that field is pristine almost regardless of what happens out there. Um, and, uh, with all the traffic that was on it and all the stuff, I can understand why it's, it's worn down. And I don't think necessarily it's a, it's something to, to pin on the groundskeeping crew, but maybe the, maybe AEG should look at, at possibly not, not forcing as much, um, you know, field usage in that because the, the players absolutely said the field was wet, dry and bumpy or not wet, wet and dry at the same time. It was dry um, and bumpy. And that's not something that we hear from them all the time. And the ball did not move correctly. They, they were saying that yeah. it would hit divots and, and slow down and then I guess speed up at other times. Yeah, no, it, it's, you know, and that, that's something they all talked about how that affected the game. The, the game didn't flow. The passes didn't move the way that it was supposed to. So I thought that was really interesting to even get into into that. Um, well, and, and talking about the, you said, sort of the stalemate nature of the game. Uh, I think it was Vanny and, and Bond also talked about how there were so many stoppages in play with the referee that they felt like the game never got any kind of a flow. And I think that's what you're talking about when you talk about stalemate There was There's never a chance for the game to get in any kind of a rhythm or flow. Yeah, uh, Joe Dickerson was the was the referee. We actually have a referee uh, question. We had a pool reporter question that came into this. We'll talk about it a little bit in there. Um, but here's the thing is, you get the kickoff, you get everybody excited, everything was good. I thought the Galaxy came out with some actually pretty good energy in it. Um, Douglas Costa got got situated and was, you know, flying forward and was making some passes and was, was doing some good things in the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, again, I think the galaxy are going to be a team that, that thrives off of turnovers and, and thrives off of change of possession and their best defense is going to be possession, basically keeping the ball away from a team like New York city. Now, New York city played a CCL game, um, midweek, but they were already in LA Right. It wasn't like they had to do a whole bunch of traveling, so they were very well set up for it. But not one single CCL team, uh, MLS team that played in the CCL this last week um, won their game. Uh, come coming won their into, MLS game. won their yeah. MLS game coming in. So it, it probably did have an effect in there. Um, for sure. So uh, Costa was out there, though, making passes. Julian Araujo on the right hand side overlapping. And so you can sort of start to see that developing a little bit more. Um, here's my here's my thing on Costa and everybody uh, on Costa. And, and everybody said I was I was too harsh on him. Um, I thought he was definitely a a creative player. You could see that he had ideas. You could see that he wanted to execute. I'll tell you that I think his body didn't let him ex- execute a lot of that. And I don't know, Kevin, if that's because he's just really getting into game fitness and game shape and he's trying to get his touch back or if that's age that's creeping in. And I said that on Twitter and people were like, oh, he was the best player on the field. He probably was at least the most creative player on the field. I don't know if he was the best player on the field, but there's still, I mean, first game, I'm not going to say you're making a decision on, on Costa right now. You, you can't, you, you let it go. But I definitely think there's reasons to be excited about what he could bring, Kevin. And I think that there are reasons to be worried about what he could bring. Well, he almost scored in six minutes. That was a pretty good shot. 
Um, Sean Johnson made a nice save on it. Um, he, he, by the way, he had two shots on goal. He took two shots yep. both on goal. Mm-hmm. Played, I think, what, 61, 63 minutes? 67 total. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you know, I, it, let's face it. Zalatan's a lot of the only guy who's going to c- come in and score two goals in his first 20 minutes. That You know, we keep waiting for that to happen again. It's not going to happen again. So, um, but, you know, Vanny said afterwards, you could see that he's an intelligent player, creative player, smart player. Um, he just needs to get his legs under him. He did come off training camp in, in Gremio, but then he was kind of out, off the field for a couple of weeks, you know, doing the contract, traveling, all that kind of stuff. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. If A, if he travels and if he plays. And, and Charlie, I don't know. Is that an artificial turf field? No, That's another thing. I don't think so. I think I think it's grass. I, I don't know how many artificial turf fields he's seen where he's played. I would imagine they have some in Brazil, not a ton. Um, I would imagine that if he played some time in Germany, at least in training and stuff like that, that they're, they usually have some artificial fields in there, that type of thing. But yeah, I mean, you know, he's played at the top level, so it's unlikely that he's played on a whole bunch of artificial turf fields. I mean, I didn't have any worry about his, uh, his ruggedness out there. He seems like he has good physical properties. Um, you know, he has a low center of gravity. He has uh, really quick feet. And I get where Gre- Gre- Vanny was talking, Kevin, about how he's never seen anybody who like releases the ball as fast as him um, in terms of getting a shot off. And I can see that as well. Um, you can see the things he wanted to do. You can see the times that, you know, he missed with teammates. And clearly that's going to be something that develops. I'm not worried about that. Um, but, you know, I think it gets better. Um, but you know, the other thing is, and, and some of the people have pointed this out online, I think Alicia, uh, Rodriguez was one that had it is, um, when you look up for all the talk about how great Costa is, and, and he's done some amazing things in place for some big clubs. When you look at his stats, it's not like there's a lot or Chicharito or uh, Robbie Keane, nothing really jumps out at you, you know, handful of assists, handful of goals. Um, you know, even on the, in the years when he's played a lot of minutes, I think he's more kind of what you saw uh, at when he was at his best Sunday, which is a guy that sort of draws the defenders to him, a guy that brings the ball up, a guy that's involved in the buildup, but he doesn't necessarily wind up with the assist or the goal. But he's integral into what into how that goal was scored. Yeah, I mean, he could have had a goal if if Cabral could have hit him on the on one of the real clear breakaways. By the way, um, you know, Vanny talked about it afterwards. Kevin Cabral had a game that I think was just sort of a little MIA for him. wasn't necessarily a huge part of it. I also think that the Galaxy failed to play in behind New York City's back line. This is something we were talking about last year as well. Um, and it's sort of frustrating that it immediately carries over in, into into the first game, which is the Galaxy can get Cabral running downhill. He's one of the fastest players on that field. Um, and he showed it a couple times against New York City. So getting him into positions where he's being played in behind, his cross missed Costa by a couple feet, probably. Um, it was a full sprint. Costa was coming in. It probably should have been a goal. The Galaxy probably should have been winning in the first half. Um, the fact that they weren't, you know, was was something that was there. Listen, no matter what you say, New York City easily could have won that game. All right? New York City could have won that game. Galaxy could have won that game. It was a very close back New and forth City game. Should have, New York City should have had a goal off that Dupuy mistake right before the half. Yeah, yeah. I Inches mean, over the crossbar. Uh, Depew had some mistakes. Cool ball. I mean, here's the thing. You, you want to focus on one of the positives, and people have been talking about the positives. The Galaxy get a shutout, right? And and Vanny has been preaching over and over again, if we defend well, we will win games. I mean, that's... he And he's even, like, taken to it. He'll even... Whenever he says, as I say on here, every time I get on here is, if we defend well, we'll, we'll win games. Um, I didn't think the Galaxy defended well enough to win that game. I, I, I don't think they defended well enough to, to have a shutout. Um, I think they had some moments, 
of good defending. I think that there was a tremendous amount of effort they put into defending, uh, whether that's Mark Delgado coming back, Ravellison coming back, Cabral chase, chasing back, uh, Araujo running back, a whole bunch of different things. There were a lot of things that I think they did just out of pure effort that you wonder if that can they can sort of keep that up throughout the rest of the year. Um, but in my mind, looking at that, I mean, Bond only had one sh- one shot to, to save, though. Kevin. It's kind of hard to say that the defense didn't play well enough whenever Bond only had to face one shot. Yeah, but but but, but what happened was New York just made mistakes, like the play right before the half. You know, if New York had been able to capitalize or finish, um, it, it, the stats again, the stats look great. But the center back pairing, I think, again, was really weak. Um, I think New York had some real good opportunities; they just weren't able to finish them. Whether that's part of the CCL thing or, or who knows what it is, but it, I mean, but if you do look at the stats, if we can go forward and say that, that bond is only going to make us, you know, one or two saves a week, that's pretty good. Because I think when you look back last year, when bond got in trouble, it was when he had a lot of action early in the game and then he would give up goals. Someone could grab the stats and, and, and show me how wrong I am. But my recollection is he, he, he wound up giving up a lot of late goals in games when he was very active. So if you keep him not active, he'll make those one or two saves that he has to make. It's when he has to get up in six or seven or eight saves that I think he gets in trouble. Yeah, and no goalkeeper can can put that up. By the way, uh, chat room has corrected me. Uh, Bank of America Stadium is turf, uh, so, there you so go. it's plastic, yes. Um, so so I, I'm wondering about him travel again, first game. We know Greg's already said he's going to treat him like a Ferrari. You're going to play an expansion team that just lost the D.C. United 3 to nothing. I never overlook anybody, but... You know, he has a cross-country flight to play on grass. Um, it just doesn't look like that. that's what I would do with, with Douglas Costa, but then I'm not Greg Vanny, and for good reason. I think it's tough to say that you're not going to take him. I mean, you, you point out expansion team that lost 3 nothing to D.C. Maybe that's a little unlucky to them. I don't think they were as bad as 3 nothing, but they weren't certainly. I don't think D.C. United is one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference either. So... You know, it's sort of like, okay, so, you know, how do you sort of measure that up? I will say, I think New York City is going to be a very good team. So if we're going to take the positive out of this whole thing is that the Galaxy beat a team that was a very good team. And I think they they just they, they were able to grind it out. And if you can grind out victories like that, a one nothing victory like that. I mean, the world is your oyster. You can win a lot of MLS cups, one to nothing, Kevin. Um, the world is your oyster. Can I use that? That's good. <laughs> um, but you're right about that. You're right in a lot of ways, because. This was a game that the Galaxy, I think, would have been totally, it would have been okay if they said, look, this is the defending uh, MLS Cup champions. They've come in here. They, they just played their CCL game. They've got a game under their belt, a couple games maybe. Um, a draw is great. We got a point. This is perfect. This is really good. We started out with a, a good, solid effort. We got a point. We got a clean sheet. Wonderful. But in the last minute, they took it from one point to three points. They got a win at home. They beat the defending M- reigning MLS Cup champions. It, it was a gutty win, I think. And, and again, at that point, everyone's exhausted. It would have been really easy for them just to say, that's a point. That's really good. And we're just going to protect that point. But they didn't. And they got three. And when you think about last year, look back at all the games where they might have been able to get a point here or two points there. They got those two points right out of the gate. Chat room has the uh, the win. The world is not your oyster, Kevin. The world is your pupusa. So that's, uh, what, that's, the, that's the one that is. you can use. <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, Papusa for Panda. Yeah. I was going to say, by the way, I, I got a message from George, who is the owner of Soccer Warehouse, all right, in Anaheim. Hey, George. Uh, George is the one who made me the shirt. And George says that one, we could say his name, uh, and also to make sure everybody again remembers that it's Warehouse, W E A R. 
uh, warehouse. Uh, whenever you go online, they have a whole bunch of Galaxy stuff there. You can do it. Um, I think he does custom printings and stuff like this. Obviously, he does well, a good job. He does, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is nice. And the back is nice, too. Um, so maybe if you guys are interested, we'll get some of these. Uh, but back to the game. Uh, the, good job, George. Yeah, George, George, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and I have an XL here. I, he gave me another one that's an XL uh, for somebody else. So I'll see. I'm probably going to give it to Hammer. I don't want to give it to you. That would be that would be too nice. <laughs> Eric will wear it. You, I'm going to wear this to the game one day. I think that's this is legal. This is my 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 stuff. It's not it's yeah. not another team's stuff. It's not like you show up with like a Lakers hat on or something like that, right? This is my well, stuff. Yeah. Well, can you imagine anyone coming into the press box with a Laker jacket, hat, and T-shirt on? Uh, it's I I never. Um, so anyway, so, um, you know, we, we have all this stuff if there's one thing we can do going back to the game, uh, one of the things that I think does worry me, one is the defense. I'm not convinced on that defense at all. Derek Williams did not dress. Um, I do expect him to travel to Charlotte. So I think that he will be ready this week in terms of traveling. I don't know if he starts. Um, so that means you have Depew. Uh, that means you have Koulibaly, uh, back together. You have Araujo and then you have Edwards. Um, Here's the thing about uh, the uh, the defense, or, or let me switch to the, the other problem. We'll come back to the defense because I want to talk about Edwards. Um, is that I was not convinced about the midfield. Uh, Mark Delgado and Ravellison got pulled out of out of shape a couple times. They need to work on that double pivot. It's it's not easy to pull off. It's one of the reasons people just stay away from it is that it simplifies things if you have a guy who stays back and a guy who stays forward, and th that way you always sort of know where that is. But there's a work rate that is available to you if you're able to double pivot, right? Because you can allow somebody who is pressing. And the Galaxy, one of the good things they did do, and Chicharito was leading this, was the high press. Was picking moments to press and going forward and making those presses. And I, they turned New York City over in their own end two or three really good times in order to create chances and turn around um, and, you know, and try to score. So um, it's... It's one of those those things where I, I like seeing that. Um, I didn't love the midfield, and I still think that that's a problem for the LA Galaxy. I don't know that they're going to have an issue against Charlotte with it, but as you continue down the road, it, it might be a bigger problem, or they're going to really figure out how to do it. I like Mark Delgado. I, I liked what he did. I like Ravellison. I like what they did. Overall, they were committed to defense, which I think you need to be right now for, for Greg Vanny. Um, and then you know you sort of go from the go the rest from here. Going back to the defense, Raheem Edwards was the worst version of himself for 30-something minutes, um, but he pulls off a great last probably 10 minutes of work, and it, it's work rate. It's work and rate. It's the MLS All Week team. Yeah, yeah. Team of the Week for for Raheem Edwards uh, gets listed. Chicharito, by the way, on the bench. Uh, both, let's uh, see, Carlos Vela was named uh, MLS Player of the Week. He had three goals um, in the 3 nothing win that they had over Colorado. Colorado, I don't think, is going to be a good team this year. Um, and they've, they've given away a lot. Uh, Robin Frazier can work miracles. I'm just not sure he can work that many miracles that quickly again. Um, and then, uh, Joseph Martinez was the other striker up there. I think he had two goals, uh, in his a Atlanta game. He may, I, he may have had more than that, but uh, I was sort of paying attention. So many games, Kevin, 28 teams, 14 games. This is a lot of games. It's yeah. And speaking of defense, guess where my favorite defender played this, this weekend, Daniel Steris played as an outside back there. What do you know? And, and they got a zero, zero draw with real salt Lake. Uh, they did. If I remember correctly. So, and Dave Romney was back in the lineup this week. He was, they, they, and they beat Seattle and they beat Seattle. Nashville coming into the first division as we, as we called it over in the Western conference, uh, went up against Seattle who had a CCL game. We talked about CCL, um, had a CCL game and Nashville absolutely frustrated Seattle at home. It was wonderful to see how Nashville played that game on the, on the turf. Yeah. And then yeah. that's Seattle's sort of, that's their kryptonite they use against other people. But, um, 
I, I just, you know, since we're early in the season and, and I have the opportunity to embarrass myself now and people might forget by the end, I still think Seattle is the best team in the league. Oh, yeah. By a fairly large margin. But I, people that were saying that, that Nashville was going to be fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever, I saw some of those power rankings. No, it's Seattle and Nashville. And I think they proved it this weekend that they, that they you know, the way Nashville beat Seattle there, they're going to be a team to, that's going to be there at the finish. But I just think... Over 34 games, Seattle just has so many weapons. If you're li- Jordan Moore's back. If you're listening to this podcast either live or on Monday night or even on Tuesday morning, uh, the power rankings are coming out from MLS, and I may may or may not be a part of that tomorrow. Uh, meaning that the LA Galaxy are probably w- one of the top 10 teams in the power rankings. MLS's power rankings to start. So, what do you mean you're a part of it? Are you, do you some, get the vote some, on that? No, no, I don't get the vote. No, no. no. But the, usually, what they do is they have like a Twitter Spaces or they have you know some sort of uh, uh, show MLS. Oh, does okay. and so I'll be. I, I imagine. Um, I think. I think I got reached out to today to to be on there. Um, so sometime tomorrow morning, maybe a little before noon, um, around eleven o'clock, you might want to check that out. I don't know where the galaxy are, but uh, you know, if they invite you well, on the show, that are, means you're top ten. So are they in the top ten? Yeah, they're going to be top ten. Yeah, yeah. Are, do I think they're they, they're in the top ten? No, I did. Yeah, you, I, I think they're in the top ten. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I think they should be based on the. I mean, if we're talking about one performance one week, yeah. There you go. They're one of nine teams that won. It's pretty hard to not be yeah. in the top ten if you if you if you you know. I'm sure they'll have they, one of those who who won and they'll be like they're not in the top ten. So you know. And they beat the reigning MLS, MLS Cup, Cup champions. champions. Yeah. So if you go by the transitive property as we always do, the LA Galaxy are now MLS Cup champions, right? Because they beat the MLS Cup champions. So whoever beats the LA Galaxy next would be MLS Cup champions. Not going to be Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll see. 75,000 plus people, largest crowd in MLS history are going to be there. You think they're going to want to see a loss? I mean, you know, it's, it's, I don't think Charlotte's good, but I think that they could be good enough on a day when the Galaxy aren't paying attention to, to smack them. So, yes, pay attention. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm trying to see some of the other things. Oh, let's talk about this. Julian Araujo involved in an instant incident. A fight. In a, a fight. He wasn't a fight. I mean, it was it was a cheap shot, if you want to call it that. Uh, 32nd minute against Maxime Cheneau. Uh, Cheneau, I have to imagine there was something going on before this because as soon as the ball is kicked, Julian Araujo basically wraps his two hands around Cheneau's face and like pulls him down. Um, now, uh, it was missed by the referee. Referee called a foul in the center of the box uh, and actually gave a free kick to the LA Galaxy going the other direction. Um, VAR should have caught this. Uh, the, uh, the pool reporters, uh, located at dignity health sports park that night. Um, it was myself and Scott French, uh, then asked the referees for clarification on it. Um, whenever I'm a pool reporter, whether it's you, whether it's the galaxy or the other team, I'm going, we're going to ask questions if we think that there's something that needs explaining. And so we did. So, uh, we asked the question about Julian Araujo. Um, and this was uh, the referee's response. Uh, in the 32nd minute, the referee penalized a foul by New York City FC player number 12, Amundsen, on LA Galaxy player number 14, Chicharito, at the top of the penalty area. This offense occurred before contact by LA Galaxy number 2, Araujo, on New York City number 4, Chano. The contact by Araujo was checked by the VAR, who deemed that the footage was not conclusive enough to consider the non-showing of a red card to be a clear and obvious air there i mean so so that my reporter had on we asked the question we get the answer uh i'm going to tell you my analysis of that response is that it's a bunch of bs um there is clear evidence that julian araujo did something he wasn't supposed to do um and 
you know, you can you can get upset that they're going to suspend him because I fully expect the disciplinary committee, the disco to suspend Julian Araujo for at least one game. I'm guessing it's going to be two um, because basically they're going to give him a red card and then that red card will suspend him for one game, which it should have happened in, the, in this game. But imagine how much that changes things. All right. Imagine how much that changes things if Julian Araujo rightfully gets punished for a red card there. Um, and that the LA Galaxy play 60-something minutes or a little less than 60 minutes with down 10 guys. It was a very poor decision on Rajo's part, and I almost don't care what Chano did. To put, it seems like a retaliatory thing. It seemed like Chano did but, something before that. This, is, this has been your thing on, on Araujo all along. I mean, he's a really good player, but you've always talked about his lack of discipline. In his first full season, just he had more, you know, had a full deck of yellow cards by the end of the season. He was always getting carded. And so it seems like he's still having some problems with that. Now, if he gets the, if he does get the two game suspension, it means he'll play only once before he goes away with Mexican national team for the last window of World Cup qualifiers and would almost certainly miss the first game back, April 2nd. So that means Araujo plays three of the Galaxy's first five games. What they're yeah two yeah. of the galaxy's first five games. That's and you know <laughs> who knows maybe that's why Vanny kept using uh, uh, Leardum yeah. as the outside back. Maybe he predicted that this was going to come along. Well, it, it, but you're right. I mean, I mean, it, it did it affect the outcome of the game or, or should it? Could it have? It, it yeah, should have. Yes. It, but it kind of did. If you think Chanel was the one that that had the bloody nose later in the game that stopped the game. Um, did that come from when Araujo hit him? I don't know, because that was in the first half. So you would have thought they would have been able to repair that. But he was also the defender, and I don't, I'm not suggesting this had anything to do with it, but just that he had a busy day. He was also the defender that that Chicharito deked to the turf before he uh, made the turn to score that goal. Yeah. Uh, again, did that have anything to do with it? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, he was the player involved in both those incidents. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, by the way, uh, one of our members in our chat room says uh, it would have been a penalty too, right? I don't know. It technically happened after a whistle was blown. And I don't know that you can give a penalty kick for that if it comes after a whistle, right? It's it's in a dead space. It's in a dead area. This is not open play. Um, so it would have been a red card, but I almost think it would have been like an indirect kick from like right inside the box. It would have been a really interesting restart, but it's a dead ball foul, not a live foul. So I don't think it's a penalty kick. I That's my guess, and I have not looked up the laws of the game in order to verify that, but because it's dead, the whistle already went. I'm pretty sure it can't be a penalty kick. So um, anyway, so that was that was one of the things. Um, no, you, yeah. said, you said pool reporter. We should be clear. It's not a reporter that's in the water wet. <laughs> Is a, a reporting pool of people, and you said you had your reporter hat on. Is that one of those fedoras with the band? And it the says press. It says precedent. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So you know, as as someone who has been around now covering the league for fourteen seasons, and knowing that there are guys like you, Kevin, who write on deadline and don't have the ability or time to sit there and do this deal with this pool reporting stuff because. Um, it's time consuming to do it. Um, so whenever Scott is a pool reporter, I'm a pool reporter. I think Damien's the third one. Um, but usually it's Scott and I, whenever we want to do anything. So Scott came over to me in the, you know, I think in the late in the first half and sort of said, Hey, do we want to submit a pool reporter question? Or maybe it was even in the second half at that point. And I said, well, what question do you want to ask? And he talked about Araujo. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and so we submitted that and then, you know, we put those out. And, and, but tell them about Scott asking the question afterwards. Uh, Vanny. Oh, oh, where, where, yeah. So, so Scott did ask Greg Vanny about it and what he thought about Julian Araujo and the whole thing. And Vanny said he didn't see it. 
Um, he Scott actually asked, "You think he's going to get suspended? Do you think they're going to review that?" Scott had the question; it was locked and loaded. He was ready to go. Yeah. And Vanny said, well, "I don't understand what you're talking about." And then Scott described the play, and Vanny still was not really aware of, now whether he was being coy, right? Whether he, you know, didn't want to, uh, you know, th- the idea of downplaying it. I mean, if Vanny talks it up, all of a sudden, MLS looks at, at what we write. I think, or at least they look at the press notes. If the Galaxy have a long Vanny response to a question about the red, you know, no red card and, and should the guys be suspended. Right. I think MLS right away is like, hmm, maybe we should take a look at this. Greg Vanny is very concerned. I mean, listen, it is it is certainly a case that by asking the question and, and, and submitting a poll reporter question that we could have drawn attention to it. But that's but not their job. That's not. That's re- yeah, job. it's it's not really. It's not. I don't care. That's not. I am not the one who grabs somebody by the face. Right. It's one of those. It's like this is this is part of that game. Um, and we're going to ask all those questions, whether it's for the galaxy against the galaxy. It's it's one of those things. It's a super important thing that I do. Um, that to me is one of the most important things that I have the ability to do. Only certain p- reporters that are named as pool reporters can ask questions um, because they want to make sure that the referees have names of the people and all that stuff. They, you have to be, um, you know, not vetted, but approved beforehand to do this. That way not anybody can just talk to the referees. Yeah. And we used to be able to talk to them face to face, which was even more of an interesting dynamic because you would go and talk to them. And it was really interesting to get their answers and, and different things. Remember whenever Rolf Felcher got kicked in the chest in the last minute in Colorado, like in 2018 or something like that. Um, and the referee, we asked a pool reporter question. Um, it was in Colorado and I was able to email and work with one of the pool reporters in Colorado to get the question asked. And we got a wonderful answer that came back that made no sense whatsoever, but it was a wonderful answer. Right. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of things. Um, that, well, the that referees sort of do not like as, answering these questions because S- essentially we're saying, did you mess this up? Sometimes you do. Sometimes they don't. It's, it's really crazy. Like sometimes they'll be like, I'm only answering this question. And sometimes they come out and they're like, can we have a conversation about this? And then it's like, great. And you're like, yeah, let's have a conversation. And then you can ask follow-ups because we're limited to like three questions. It's a whole thing. But this is what happens going behind the scenes. Um, this is one of the reasons the North American soccer reporters is a, a union, not a union, but a uh, organization that sort of can put these rules and we have some liaisons with it. So anyway, that's all inside baseball stuff. Um, but it's uh, it, it's 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 a bunch of different things uh, that go into this to sort of watch these things and, and where it goes. So um, I ex- fully expect Julian Rajo to be suspended for at least one game, probably two, um, and that that will probably come later this week, uh, which means that he won't be going to Charlotte, which means that Leardam probably will be playing in Charlotte. And this is one of those things that you could have done, um, you know, to, to, to sit there and, and, and this is why you have Leardam, right? This is why Greg Vanny went out to get the depth, not only Julian Araujo going to Mexico. And I don't want to be too hard on Julian, which is, I thought last year he took huge steps forward in terms of controlling a lot of the silly yellow cards that he would get and different things. This is just, this is one of those. Um, but but you know what? We keep talking about him going to Europe, and yes, he has the talent. But you don't think those European scouts are looking at that and say, if Cheneau can get him, do you think someone like Virgil van Dyke or some of these really smart players in the Premier League or anywhere in Europe, it, whatever is happening in MLS, it's checkers compared to the chess that's going to be played in Europe. And if, that, if they can get into his head that easily, I think there's a lot of people in Europe that are going to go, well, this guy might not be ready for prime time yet. We can't we can't spend all this money and bring this guy over here and have him get red carded every other week. Yeah, I'll say this. John in our chat room says that should have been like question number 14 on the pool reporters list. Um, 
It, it's the the reason that you would focus in on. Listen, there was. I don't think the ref. I don't think the match was refereed well. Which, by the way, Chicharito disagreed with. Bond agreed that it was a very choppy match and that it what didn't go well. Chicharito was like, no, no, no. I thought he was doing a great job. And he right? told him. He and went he over doing a <laughs> apparently great he told him to tell him. Yeah, uh, I, you know it's. I have stopped trying to figure out Chicharito. Did you, uh, it, we talked to him afterwards? And and by the way, uh, quickly let's get to the 90th minute and just just the play that Edwards made um, to, to to get in there. And uh, it's a determination play, right? Because he tried the pass in the back. And Kevin, you and I were talking before this, and you're like, I thought that was a bad, poor position. Poor, three poor to even three try. defenders right on 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 Sasha Kleshton, which is who I. Uh, thought he was sending the pass to because that was the nearest player yeah um he he plays it in now i think it was a smart pass in terms of if it makes its way through a couple of those guys you're putting guys into positions to score so that but the fact is that the ball then gets turned over um and then edwards instead of giving up on it uh goes and chases it back down and gets it the great thing was chicharito had his hands on his head whenever the pass didn't go through the first time and he was like oh we screwed up. We missed it. Oh, I need to get back on side because we have the ball. And he barely gets back on side for it. Um, and then he goes ahead and gets on side. It's a great way to pass. Chicharito called it the pass of a number 10, uh, which is hysterical in so many different ways. Uh, and then Chicharito with a I'm going to steal what Eric said because um, Eric got this 100 percent right. That was a, and, and I, I won't quote him exactly because I don't remember exactly what he said. He goes, but that's a pretty strong goal for a poacher. Right. That's not a poaching goal that he scored. He sent Cheneau sliding into like San Diego with that. Yeah, he faked the left footed shot. Um, it looked like he was pulling up to shoot and faked it really well. And Cheneau slid to try to block it. And then Chicharito stepped around him, created a ton of space. He had three defenders. So great. That when Cheneau went down, he created a ton of space by stepping around Cheneau. And just the right-footed blast, no chance at all for Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson was still trying to get his hands up while that thing was wriggling in the back of the net, right? I mean, he blasted over top of him. I'll say this. He he was asked about it afterwards. Um, and uh, it was funny because they're like, well, what were you thinking there? And usually Chicharito would be like, I wasn't thinking. I was just trying to play, blah, 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 the whole deal. No, no, no. Chicharito had a whole explanation for it. He goes, you know, I had another shot earlier in the game that got blocked. He goes, and I took it with my left foot first time. And he goes, so when I knew the ball was going to come to my left foot, I was thinking the defender's going to bite thinking I'm going to hit this first time with my left foot. So instead I cut back and just to have that understanding, we've talked about Chicharito and what year he had in 2020, Kevin, um, the play that he made against Cheneau is a goal scorer's goal. He creates the space. He creates the time. It's the biggest moment you can have. You're at the death. There's no more. If he misses that, we're talking about a 0-0 game that the LA Galaxy drew because Chicharito missed, a sh missed that goal, right? Because everything was set up for him to score that, but he had to do a ton of work to make it happen. Um, and the fact that he made it happen and did that, that's a big-time goal from a big-time player. And you know what he did in about the 92nd, 93rd minute when they were trying to run out the clock? Uh, Chicharito wound up with a ball down the right wing. He had a chance to turn it in and create something, I thought. Uh, it looked like it might have been an opportunity that led to something. But he stayed in the corner and fought with a couple of New York City uh, defenders. Yep. who and, and they wound up pushing the ball out, and the Galaxy got a, got a throw in it. They wasted about 45 seconds right there. It was great. I mean, and, and just, just the enthusiasm, not just from the crowd. But from Chicharito, I, I try not to make big deals out of this because it's the first game of the year, right? And there's it's a packed house, 25,174, which 
we have told you is exactly a capacity sellout crowd. I went back and checked because I have all the numbers and yes, capacity sellout crowd. There it was 25,174. They got all the people in there. Um, Certainly it's loud. Certainly it's crazy. Certainly it was at death. There's a lot of things to be excited about. But Chicharito ran all the way back behind the goal, all the way around down the sideline so he could celebrate with everybody whenever he scored that goal. Then after that his game is over and he's running around, he's running up, hugging everybody. He's swearing up a storm too. The Galaxy did a great job with the video, by the way, being right there next to him. And he's hugging and like kissing Victor Vasquez. And he said, we won. We won. And he goes up to Sega and he's like, we won. And it was, it's almost like he's sitting there saying, remember this feeling. This is what we're going to be. And that's not nothing. Don't dismiss that. I know it's exciting, but I've been saying that this galaxy team may overperform this year because they have this sort of shared experience of being knocked out of the playoffs last year in an embarrassing way, which is different than the other times they got knocked out of the playoffs. There's something that happened. They learned a lesson. They are going to that lesson every time. And in the 90th minute, the LA Galaxy pull off a one nothing victory and they celebrate it richly like they deserve that. And they're they're already pointing to next week saying, OK, good. Close the door. Shut the door on that. We're, we're looking at next week now. Let me. Can I have a few minutes to talk about Chicharito? Because, Please go ahead. Um, first, first of all, he said a couple of things um, yesterday that were interesting. He talked about, look, I scored 17 goals last season, and I watched these guys, in New York City, raise the cup on TV on my sofa. And so he had told me earlier. I talked to him a number of times this winter. He told me earlier. He goes, I don't care if I score 50 goals if we don't make the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Those 50 goals don't matter. We didn't make the playoffs. That's the goal. We need to make the playoffs. But my point about Chicharito is, I, I've been covering him since he broke in with the Mexican national team in 2009. Um, Some people may not know this story. He was a young Chivas player. His grandfather played for the national team, played for Chivas. His dad played for Chivas in the national team. Um, Chicharito was supposed to follow in that. As a young player in Chivas, he was riding the bench a lot, and he decided he was going to quit. And he was going to go to school. I think he wanted to be an engineer or a lawyer, but he was going to go to school. He had serious ambitions as an academic person. and ma- the decision was made. He was going to do it. His dad and his agent took him to breakfast one morning and said, let's talk about this. And they convinced him to give it one more shot. And if it didn't work, then they would back him on that. Basically, Chicharito wanted to quit. He gave it one more shot, had a great season, wound up with the national team, played in the 2010 World Cup, which is where I covered him really closely. That was when Graham Jones still worked for the Times. And I went to South Africa and covered. I was in bed with the Mexican team. So I spent a lot of time around Chicharito, and we got to know each other a little bit. Um and then he winds up going to Manchester United. That, and then I saw him a number of times with the national team over, uh, since then. I went to Manchester to interview him once. I talked to him when he was in Leverkusen. I, I did a phone interview with him when he was in Sevilla. So I, I've seen him through the years. And Chicharito, all, in all those years, has always been a really tightly wound, I thought. Not uh, a guy that seemed to have a lot of humor, never seemed to relax, never seemed to enjoy himself. I think part of that was the pressure of playing in Europe. I think a big part of that was the pressure of playing for the Mexican national team, which is intense. You just don't understand. It, and that's one of the reasons some people like Hercules Gomez and others were critical of Araujo going there, because if you score six goals in a game for the Mexican national team, they want to know why he didn't score seven. If you score 10 goals, they want to know why it wasn't 11. You can never do enough. And I think Chicharito is a very, um, um, what's the word? He, he sort of internalized a lot of stuff. I think that bothered him quite a bit. Right. So, this Chicharito, the, the 2020 Chicharito you talked about that had the injury problems and COVID, that was the same Chicharito I saw all those years. A guy that was tightly wound, was was you know was just in his own head all the time. Something happened 
after that year, whether it was, you know, the, 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 the personal problems he had, his grandfather dying, just a crappy year coming to terms. We know he had that tearful uh, conversation with his dad when he, when he came to MLS, my career is over. I'm never playing Europe again. That was my dream. He processed, I don't know what happened. He processed all that. He came to, to grips with all that. He, he got comfortable with it. This Chicharito is different. This Chicharito is relaxed. He's funny. He makes jokes all the time. He's always he's always busting our balls he, and making jokes with he, us. He got me again. He, I, well, I'm I'm trying to learn, right? But no, I, I, finish your thought. If you're finished, you're you're, you're yeah, no no. It, this chicharito is different. I don't want to say he's relaxed. He's super emotional. Yes. I mean, more emotional maybe than than he was in the past. He's cried. He cried again Sunday. He's cried after a number of games. The way he reacted with his teammates. That's not to say that he's not applying himself he totally is the player first of all he knows that this is the last year of his contract if he does not have a injury-free season and the and the galaxy do not make the playoffs they need to do both if he plays 20 games and make the playoffs he's not coming back if he plays 34 games and they don't make the playoffs he's not coming back he needs a full season production they need to make the playoffs or else he's gone and, and no one's gonna I, he doesn't have any suitors in europe he might be able to go back and run around and sign you know go to supermarket openings for a team in mexico but essentially his productive years are done and he knows that but he is really 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 focused on making sure this team wins he's said it a number of times and you know, you and I, we're smart enough and we've done this long enough that you, we know how to sort of see through a guy and, and say, yeah, yeah, but so they don't make the playoffs and you score a bunch of goals. That 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 would seem to be a great season. Chicharito's having none of that. He's like, nope, 50 goals and not a playoff season. That's a terrible year. It's a different Chicharito. I think it's going to be a very uh, – we saw it last year. He he was third in the league in goals per uh, – I think a goal every 102 minutes, third in the league for the rate of scoring. Um, and he's off to a good start this season. And – I'm going to finish by saying I think the goal was indicative of what I'm talking about, the way that he is going to grind and produce and and get off these wins. You said he could have missed that shot. He didn't even have to necessarily take that shot. As we said, they had a draw with the best team in MLS last year. That was a good result. Chicharito yeah. made it a great result. Yeah, um, it, it's funny. You you get used to asking people questions, right? And and you and I know, and we, you know that some guys like asking questions one way. Some guys like asking questions a different way. The whole deal. Chicha, you can't ask individual questions anymore. And it was funny because I asked him uh, whenever I started and, and the video, uh, if you go on our website, you can hear his answer. You don't get to hear my question, but I'm, I sort of started with and I got the first question. I was like, I go, Javi, I, I go, listen, I'm not going to ask you about what it meant to score the goal as an individual because I know you're a team guy. I go, so what does it mean to the team that you were able to score that goal? And he, he sort of laughed. He goes, he goes, ah, he goes, you think you already know the answers to these questions, right? And it's like, it's like, no, Javi, it's like, I'm used to it. If I ask you an individual question, you're going to talk about the team. So I'm just going to ask you about the team anyway. And you can insert as much I, you know, him as much I into it as you want. And then we'll get to the get to the answer. But it, it's not like it's a thing with him. It's not like it's an act. It's not like he's just doing this. Kevin, as you sort of said, I fully 100% believe him whenever he talks about this stuff. Well, so. he, he does another thing, too, which he did again yesterday, which I think is really funny because he's the only person that I've seen do that in all the years I've been doing this. A lot of times I front load my questions because I want to make absolutely, especially a guy who doesn't speak English as his first language. Uh, I want to make sure he understands what I'm trying to ask. So I had a question for Chicharito in the offseason, and I said, look, your first year here, um, injuries didn't go well, didn't play a lot, didn't make the playoffs. Second year here, really productive, um, injury, didn't make the playoffs. 
So I'm guessing this year your goal is to be productive, stay injury-free, and make the playoffs. And then just a huge laugh from right. Chicharito. And he goes, I love it when you guys ask the question and the answer's already in the question. Yeah, yeah. And and he's like that. And and like you sort of have to, hey, listen, he makes me think of creative ways to ask things. I'll tell you that. He keeps me on my toes uh, whenever it comes to that stuff. So I think it's really important yeah. what you see from him. Um, and yeah. I was just, I didn't mean to inter- no, interrupt. I probably did. But um, the best guy ever that I've ever met in doing that is uh, Jeff Conine, a baseball player. He used to play with the Marlins. You'd go up to him and say, hey, Jeff, can I ask you a question? And he'd go, you just did. <laughs> oh, okay. Can I ask you another one? You just did. <laughs> yeah. You never got yeah. to ask a question. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, no, I, I think it, it, it's really interesting. Let's let's go a little bit to um, after the game and sort of what was happening. We saw Douglas Costa uh, walking around with the Ukraine flag. Kevin, you had a, a really good article about Douglas Costa and playing in Ukraine, um, which, by the way, somebody in the chat room pointed out, he probably played on some turf fields whenever he was in Ukraine. Yeah, um, he might have. He played six years in, in, in Donetsk, which we know now is it was one of those autonomous regions that Putin uh, 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 created. He played the first four seasons in in Donetsk, it wasn't it wasn't a problem. They they had a beautiful stadium. It was the site of a of a European Championship game, beautiful stadium there. And then the fifth and sixth season, they had to relocate to to Kiev because uh, of the war that was going on there. So there are players that have, that that Costa may have played with, or certainly that have followed him to that team, that have never been within a hundred miles of the of the city they represent because they couldn't play there. And Douglas Costa talked to me about, you know, places that he had gone, people that he had, maybe people they had known, but certainly bars and restaurants and, and maybe the apartment where he lived. He doesn't know if it's still there. Yeah. It's a, it, it's, it's, it's a really interesting take on that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to plug your article that you just wrote, even though it's not soccer related. Um, and you have to tell me which college did the, the two ladies, Cal play State for? Northridge, Cal State Northridge. You're not allowed to talk about this article cause you'll talk about it too much, but I'm going to give you a, sh- <laughs> I'm going to give a short plug about it. Uh, Thank you. Kev- Kevin interviewed a Ukrainian tennis player on the Cal State Northridge, uh, team, uh, a young lady. It's super interesting article because her doubles partner is a Russian, um, and the Russian didn't necessarily uh, didn't want to talk because she has family back in Russia. Totally understand. In the military, yeah, that may be in Ukraine. Yeah, so so there's a whole bunch of things there, but it's a really good article. Go to latimes.com. It was it's it's outstanding. It's actually one of Kevin's best articles, and I was sort of following him as he was trying to track this down um, and and going for it. So it was it was really interesting yeah, to see that, it during the Galaxy game. I didn't yeah. get to watch much of the game. By the way, you and Martina Navratilova and I were both on record as liking the story. <laughs> there you go. So that's what it is. Uh, there's a Galaxy another galaxy tie-in as well to Ukraine. And we, we talked about um, uh, Jorge Hernandez earlier, I, I think last week, uh, whenever Eric was on the show on Thursday. We're now here on a Monday. Uh, Steve Goff, my best friend, uh, Steve Goff with the, with the Washington Post, uh, put out that Dima Kovalenko, former MLSer, member of DC United's 04 championship team. He was a member of LA Galaxy for a while. Everybody remembers Dima. Uh, Steve Goff tweeted out he, that uh, Dima tells uh, tells him that his mom, dad, sister, and 94-year-old grandmother and others are in Kiev, uh, are in a Kiev bunker uh, and says he's in contact with them. Dima, 44, went to Indiana University, lives coaches in Chicago. Uh, he says it's crazy, man, is, was a quote that he have. Uh, he says that uh Kovalenko's grandmother is from Crimea. He spent much of his youth there. She lived through World War II. She says, she says to me, this is a quote, um, I've been through this before. Uh, Dima's dad is a former referee, now a referee assessor. So just a, a whole little interesting galaxy tie into that 
as well. Um, one of the one of the best enforcers the LA Galaxy ever had, Dima Kovalenko. Uh, so uh, Steve Goff getting a well, little a little tweet out that. Look at the grandmother there. Lived through World War II. Yep. Right in yep. the Ukraine. I mean, it, it didn't get much worse than what happened in the Ukraine. Then she lives through the invasion of Crimea, the annexation of Crimea, another war, not like World War II, but another war. Now she's going through this one. And she just says, I've been through this before. How many times in, in one person's life must they go through something like this? Apparently more than once, Kevin. I guess if you live long enough, you're going to get through everything. Um, maybe maybe that's, the, I mean, you know, we had a pandemic, right? We, we, we made it through that. So, <laughs> yeah, we forgot about that last week, right? I, I was going to say, uh, I just, what was the the tweet or, or somebody said, I just want to live in, in, in precedented times and not unprecedented times. Yeah. Can, can I just get some nice boring? Well, uh, look at President Zelensky of the Ukraine, what he's gone through. He lost what four of his five family i guess is on one side of the family and, and there he's jewish they lost him in the holocaust and his his father was the only one of that family that survived um and now he's you know as a, a you know a middle-aged man he's 44 having to go through this after what his family already went through a comedian played the president on tv now is the president uh so yeah just super interesting story for all that. Um, and uh, obviously, again, as I said on Thursday, we're not idiots. We know what's going on in the world. We're just choosing to give you a distraction uh, from a lot of that with uh, talking about soccer, talking about the LA Galaxy and stuff that, that really doesn't matter. FIFA coming down on the uh, on the Russian national team now, not able to play. No Russian teams able to play in UEFA's Champions League. Uh, the IOC cracking down as well. Really interesting whenever we always say, you know, there's no politics in sports. There's always politics in sports. Always has been, always will be uh, on really unprecedented moves. Um, if we're going to use unprecedented, my, but yeah. Yeah, unprecedented moves. No, yeah. my favorite was the International Surfing Association that said, We've never had an event in Russia. We don't plan to have any events in Russia. We don't have any Russian surfers that are part of our group, but we're not going to ever have an event in Russia until this war is over. And it's like, okay, thanks for being stand, stand up and being counted. Good job. But, good job. Uh, we really weren't thinking that you might go there. Good job. Good job. Um, let's get a little bit to the LA Galaxy schedule coming up. We talked about traveling to Charlotte. This game is on Saturday, uh, March 5th, 4.30 p.m. kickoff time. That's not true. 4.30 p.m. TV time. 4.55 kickoff time, so closer to 5. Uh, that game will be on Big Fox, FOX Fox and Fox Deportes at Bank of America Stadium. That is Charlotte's home opener. More than 75,000 fans expected. Then the LA Galaxy on March 12th will travel to take on Seattle Sounders. Uh, that one at Lumen Field. So two back-to-back -back turf, turf games there, Kevin. I was just going to say that, two back-to-back -back turf games. So uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch. And then 319, the Galaxy close out March in basically the middle of March in the 19th, uh, a little past the middle uh hosting orlando city and uh that means my namesake pato is coming to play at, uh, at dignity health sports park so let's get him on the pod I, i'm sure we can arrange you could arrange that you're you're the la times you call up pato and get pato on this podcast we could make that happen it would be a, a pato squared podcast make it happen make it you know what i, I want to see if dignity health sports park fixes the turf by then they've got uh, uh, two they, weeks they, they have some time i imagine it'll be a lot better um by then uh don't worry we're getting to sergio ramos don't worry. We're, we're getting oh, yeah. There. Yeah. We have, we, we, everybody was, everybody's always like, don't forget. No, it's, it's at the end for a reason. Uh, the April. Oh, back to, back to, back to turf, Portland. Wow. The Galaxy yeah. really have front loaded turf games, don't they? Um, yeah. So the Galaxy again, uh, kicking off April, April 3rd, it will be to Portland. Uh, April 9th, it will be LA Galaxy versus LAFC. First El, El Trafico. Trafico. That one on Big Fox as well. Uh, remember the LA Galaxy don't have a... Uh, a local TV game that I'm aware of. See, now they're sort of, uh, I'm sort of looking over here to see 
uh, ESPN Plus. It looks like maybe April 16th would be the first local TV game. Um, I thought that one actually had a national TV at one point, but they'll be going to Chicago April 16th. April 23rd, it's LA Galaxy versus Nashville. Dave Romney coming Big back. Game. Yep. Big yeah. game. That'll be an, that'll be a super interesting one. And then the LA Galaxy travel to Real Salt Lake. Um, that game on Univision and TUDN. So um, you can sort of watch those ones. Uh, I want to get you through some, so just some real quick standings so you can understand what happened um, over the weekend. Columbus, D.C., Atlanta, New York, Orlando all won their games on the Eastern Conference side. New England got a draw with Portland in what was a very exciting game. Spash and Jets scored a goal in that game. Um, that's good news for the LA Galaxy. You want Spash and Jets to score as many goals as long as it's not against the LA Galaxy as can because uh, that means they'll get more money on the performance incentives and, and all those sorts of things. So uh, trying to get that, you know, 800,000 all the way up to 1.3 million uh, whenever it comes through. So uh, New England there, Toronto tied, uh, Philadelphia tied, Chicago tied, Miami tied, uh, and then New York, Montreal, Charlotte, and Cincinnati all lost. Cincinnati already at the bottom again um, of the of the Eastern Conference after one game. So, but don't don't bag on them. Pat Noonan's the new coach there. He's a I, good guy. I really like those guys, but. It's not a good sign. Kenny Arena is there as an assistant. It's it's not a good time. No, uh, standings not. in the Western Conference, just in terms of teams that won. Austin, LAFC, what? Nashville. Austin? Yeah, Austin at the top. Uh, Austin, LAFC, Nashville, and LA are the teams that won. Portland, Dallas, Minnesota, Salt Lake, and Houston all drew. Uh, Seattle, San Jose, Kansas City, Colorado, and Vancouver all on the losing end. So Vancouver currently in the bottom position in the Western Conference. Uh, if you're looking at the top 10 right now, the LA Galaxy are sitting ninth, the last uh, team with a win. Uh, so nine teams, one games. They're the last ones because it was one nothing and there were like other tiebreakers in there. Who knows what they are and who cares <laughs> at this point. Uh, but the Galaxy sitting ninth overall in the Supporter Shield uh, where they're starting. We already talked a little bit about stats, Kevin, in terms of the LA Galaxy winning games. Uh, so here uh, on my favorite chart is the LA Galaxy and how many games they have won in their season openers. And we talked about 13, 8, and 6. And then the LA Galaxy, again, haven't lost since 2017. Um, uh, in terms of uh, their season opener. So, and again, matches the fastest start in team history. That's right. Uh, I, as we don't we always say that for a little while, especially whenever they win a couple games, I'm always like, oh, fastest fastest start through five games, fastest start through six. Yeah, games. we get really excited about those numbers. Uh, you know, it's we got to do something. Uh, just uh, so you're aware, um, and I don't think I had this graphic on Thursday. Maybe I did, uh, but the primary transfer window is open that primary window does not close until wednesday may 4th so if you're looking at transfers uh, you can ha you can transfer somebody in all the way until May 4th. Um, Eric Zavaleta is still expected to join the roster. Uh, I will tell you, I do have some roster news for you. Uh, Farai Mutatu. Um, every, yeah, people are asking about him. They are. Uh, he will be joining Galaxy 2. Uh, so he will be down with Galaxy 2. I, I did sort of ask. I go, you know, uh, seems like a super talented kid. Uh, my first goal for him would be to get him a green card. <laughs> that's what, that's what my goal. And I think that the galaxy are on the same page with that. Um, so it seems that that's going to be so, uh, for I Mutatu and I don't know about the other draft picks, uh, but Mutatu will be down with galaxy too. So that way, you know, all right. What do you think of the term window? Do you like that window opening and closing? I get it. I mean, do you like that? Don't you think it should be a door? Like you don't really come through a window, well, right? I'm just when I look at it, see window, it's like, oh, that's kind of like 1930s. When you compare it to what um, uh, you know the college football has when they have the transfer portal, it's right? Like that's kind of like Star Trek, right? <laughs> the the, por They're, the portal, the portal, the portal reminds me of like whenever I started going to school and the internet was a thing, and you had to go log on to your portal in order to like do stuff. It just it to me it feels old school, not necessarily a uh, new school. Uh, just to give everybody a heads what up. 
go in the in the transformer room. Transformer. <laughs> uh, the primary window closes on May fourth. The secondary transfer window, what we call the second, the summer transfer window, opens on Thursday, July seventh. It'll close on August fourth. The roster freeze deadline, which means you can't add anybody to your roster. Your roster is set the way it is. It's Friday, September second. So you have all that information. All right. Um, everybody chill out. We're going to get to Sergio Ramos. I know we're running a little long, but you know, it took me seven times to start the show. So, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, Sergio Ramos linked to the LA galaxy today. Um, no way. Another <laughs> big name player leaving Europe linked to the galaxy. That never happens. No, no. Your, your best joke that you had so far was, well, I mean, he is playing in France and everybody knows yeah, all the right. galaxy players come from France, that, right? Y- Yovan probably ran into him in a bar somewhere and he goes, Hey, uh, come on over yeah exactly so um this 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 report came out um and and basically it says that with Sergio Ramos uh not playing at PSG and he's at PSG he's played a total of four matches or excuse me he's played in a total of four matches he's only started two he has 239 minutes total uh, a lot of injuries uh, and it seems like basically perhaps at 35 years old and 36 on March in March, Kevin, that, uh, perhaps his best days are behind him. Now, uh, everybody's wondering if there's any validity to this. I can't tell you that right now. Um, and I can't tell you sort of, I think that this is too far out there. I, this is certainly something the galaxy could and have done in the past. And if you look at somebody like Ashley Cole, Kevin, we could point out that uh, that Ashley Cole came at a similar point in his time, uh, a world-renowned defender, and perhaps Sergio Ramos could also be a world-renowned uh, defender in Major League Soccer at 35, 36 years old. Well, the last time the Galaxy got a 35-year-old ex-PSG player, that worked out pretty well. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Zlatan, very good, very good player. Um, but this is... This is, again, this is one of those things. Uh, it, it's like, I don't know that this is... here. Here's the thing. Mechanism-wise, right? LA Galaxy have three designated players. They're not going to get any rid of any before the summer window. This is, seems like a summer move. Um, this does not seem like a right-now move. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he shows up tomorrow. No idea. Um, this is one of those that is high-profile enough, Kevin, that they're certainly going to be boxing us out of this in terms of don't talk about it, and we're not going to give you any information on it for a little while. Um, just because it would be a big move if they were going to do it. But, but how do they afford him? He's not going to come for. You know, I know. think I think making six million dollars a year right now with PSG, so not outrageous money, right? But again, three designated players. There's not going to be a designated player spot open in the summertime. So let's go back to the Ashley Cole blueprint. If we're going to make this happen, right? I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying if we're going to make it happen, let's go to the Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole was making a bunch of money with Roma, right? He gets, he has Roma basically buy out the contract and give him a whole bunch of cash. And then he comes to the LA galaxy for like 450,000 or something like that. Uh, whenever we looked at it. So there, there are ways to make that happen. If he gets bought out and if PSG give him his $6 million, you know, the rest of his money for six for whatever he's I think his contract is up in June of 2023. So another year, um, if PSG want to get rid of him, offload him, get him off the books and move him and pay him some money in order for that to happen. And then he can come play at the LA Galaxy. Galaxy do have one point six or so million dollars in TAM available. So you could have Sergio Ramos as a TAM player if he's pocketing cash from PSG as but, well. But the second half of that, and Bruce Arena uh, talked to me quite a bit about this, is with Nigel DeYoung, another high-profile player who was at the end of his career and wasn't playing, and with especially with Ashley Cole, Bruce approached them and said, you've already made your money. They just gave you a whole boatload of money, and you've made enough money. You've saved it. You've invested it. You're doing okay. 
do you really want your career to end this way? Do you want them to say Ashley Cole, the greatest outside back in English football history, didn't play his last three seasons? No, you don't want that, Ashley Cole. You don't want that, Nigel Young. Come to the Galaxy. Live in Southern California. Nobody will know who you are. You can go to the supermarket and the restaurants. Nobody will bother you. You'll play for a winning team. Uh, you can play every week if you want, and you might have a chance at winning a championship. That's the way you want to go out with your career. And I thought it was a very compelling argument, especially Bruce really sold Southern California, those guys. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it might not work quite as well with Sergio Ramos because it's like Paris, LA, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. it, you know, right. if you're like uh, Stuttgart, LA, yeah, it's a pretty easy choice. Right. Um, but uh, I think that's, the, that's the way that this thing would have to be sold if they were going to do it on the cheap, which I think they're not going to, they don't have $6 million. Yeah. They don't have $6 million. And plus with his injuries, with the way that he is, he has sort of played out these last couple of years. He's a high risk quota. We say high risk, high reward so many times on this Douglas Costa, high risk, high reward, right? You don't know if he's going to be able to sell, stay healthy. I mean, the galaxy have quote unquote, a functioning defense right now. I think that they need more help. I did say that the galaxy need a starter at center back. Can you rely on a 36-year-old center back like Sergio Ramos to be as physical as you need him to be in Major League Soccer, to play the games, to do the travel, to do all those things? Can he make it through it? I know another guy who was like sort of towards the end of his careers that couldn't handle the physicality of Major League Soccer, whose body had already broken down, and that's Steven Gerrard, right? And so we could we could go back and forth and say, listen, you've made these risks before. Here's the only way it makes sense for me is obviously, one, you'd have to get him as TAM money because it has to be TAM. There's no other way to get him in. The problem here is, and this is where I always say, let's not just take this as a six-month deal because if you're going to get Sergio Ramos, he's not just coming for six months, Kevin. Um, this is a, probably a two and a half year deal. Um, now, I think I would say a year and a half, okay. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw another name out there. I saw the pictures. I I'm assuming that all these were legit pictures. It looked like yellow Van Dam was in town this weekend. <laughs> yellow. Uh, there's a guy, there's a guy that left not on the best of terms, not on the terms that he wanted. I don't, I think the club liked him and would welcome him back. He just shows up. Uh, that seemed kind of a team that really needs uh, center backs. A guy that that has has this kind of iconic uh, uh, part in the team's past, and he's just hanging around for no reason. Um, uh, should we start that rumor? I mean, is there something there? <laughs> Why uh, was he here? He was signing autographs. He was part of the the LA Galaxy's autograph uh, oh, alumni. Geez. So the Galaxy flew him in for that, or yeah, he, yeah. So the Galaxy flew him in from Belgium uh-huh. for that. What do you think? What do you think that ticket costs? Like you think that's a, like some enormous amount of ticket? That's like what seven hundred dollars? Maybe okay. Maybe he had to fly business class. Maybe it was twenty five hundred dollars for a business. Is twenty five hundred dollars too much? And a hotel? Okay. okay. Well, so they they do that, and while they're here, they go. By the way, we'd like to ask you a question. <laughs> or the other thing is, he still has his his no. place here. No, he still has his place here. So he was there, and they go, "Hey, come on out." And wa- since you live here, anyways. No, no, you're not a you're not a. That, that that was that was one of those. That was not that was here, let's do it again. There we go. That was that was one of those. He's great. Listen, I love Yella in terms of what he provided the one the first season he was here. Um I'm also remember the second season and how he gave up on the LA Galaxy and and you know signed off into the uh into the sunset and, and rightfully so, family issues, the whole deal, that type of thing. Um but when you look at what you're trying to do and, and everything, Yellow Van Damme is not a reasonable thing. Don't suggest it because everybody in the chat room's all excited now. Um, so well, you're talking to Eric Zavaleta, yes, and Sergio Ramos. <laughs> so why not just say Yellow Van Damme is an option if that's what you're looking at? 
<laughs> things I never thought would be uttered in the same sentence. Eric Zavaleta and Sergio Ramos. That was it. Yeah, look at the, a, a guy like Dan Steris could really help this club. If they could just have a guy like that. <laughs> or Dave Romney. If they could just or have Dave a guy Romney. like Dave Romney, you know, the whole deal. I'll tell you, you know what they really need is almost like a 10, like a Sebastian Legette. You know, if you're going to no. Um, so, so anyway, it, the, listen, these things happen. It goes, I don't know the Sergio Ramos. I don't know. I honestly don't know what's going on with it. I don't know if the galaxy are actually interested. Um, a lot of times I, I'll tell you that Tom Bogart threw, threw hot water or cold water on this immediately and was like, yeah, okay. Just mention the LA galaxy. Anytime you like, think you want to go, which happens all well, the time. Welcome to our world. Yes. God, every player that's ever played the game is yes. linked to the galaxy at some point. Yes. By the way, pa- last week, Pele was coming, but then he had to go to the hospital. <laughs> uh, by the way, chat room says, Yella confirmed by COG. There we go. See, so, we're, we're, we're in there. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's like Alan Franco, right? Whenever he was coming. Is that the one? Kevin? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's still I coming. That one. I guaranteed that one. But then COVID got me off the hook. That's funny. That's funny. Is that what happened? COVID got him off, off the hook? Yep, yeah, okay. Yep, just checking. Okay. Just just checking. Absolutely. Uh, uh, anyway, that's where we sort of sit for uh, for this. So, uh, Sergio Ramos, listen, possible? Yes. Probable? Right now, I would say no. Um, but there a lot of things have to happen in order to make that work. And then again, as I was saying, let's say it's a year and a half contract. What do you do with him for the second year? Is he going to stay as a TAM player, Kevin, or is he going to be a designated player because you're going to get rid of one of your designated players and who are you going to get rid of? And what happens if it's not Chicharito? Uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of assumptions that Chicharito, this would be his last year because the galaxy wouldn't want to resign him knowing that he has injury problems, knowing that he has the, he doesn't have the ability to make it through 34 games. If he does do all that stuff and he comes back, like you say, now the Galaxy don't have a designated player spot open. So did they just rent Sergio Ramos? Are they going to have to move Kevin Cabral? You move Kevin Cabral, then you lose some of the U22 signings that you have as well. I mean, a lot of ramifications happen if things don't go the way that you think they're going to go. And that's another risk of trying to do this. I mean, look at Nigel DeYoung and, and the possibility of him becoming a designated player and having to move him before the season is over. And I've had Bruce that tell me... That wasn't a soccer decision. That was a front office decision. That, that was, was not and, a soccer decision. And I've had Bruce tell me, and I've had Dave Sarakin tell me, they said that if Nigel DeYoung would have stayed on that team, the LA Galaxy had a very good chance of winning another MLS Cup, and they were 100% correct. Um, so, you know, all I was these things... Told- yeah. They told me they would win the MLS Cup. Not oh. even a chance. Oh. But by the way, if, if we're talking about Sergio Ramos, an injury plague Spaniard in Europe, and we're talking about Douglas Costa's already come, the human Hummel figurine from Brazil breaks down all the time. I'm going to keep going with the Pele rumor. Why not? Okay. An old, sure. an old over-the-hill guy. His best years are behind him. They, and he's a big name, perfect for the galaxy. They would sign you before they sign Pele, which is which is hysterical thinking that. Um, <laughs> absolutely would happen right now. So uh, anyway, that's it. Is there anything else you want to talk about being we've gone way long? Lots, on of, this? lots, of, lots of yeah, stuff. No. I I, we're not going to. No, we're done. Uh, nice, another, shirt, but, nice shirt, by the way. It is a nice shirt. It's very yeah. comfortable, too. Normally, I sweat, and, uh, and I'm, I'm like not the, sweaty at all. I like the kind of fake locker room there behind you. This it's it's you know it's starting to round out. It's starting to round out. We're we're working on it. We're working on it. We got you know magic little like dancing lights in the back. We got jerseys hung up. You know it's a visual feast, Kevin. Really, I still, is what I it still is. think when you put your hands down like that with the big microphone, you do look like Billy Joel at, in concert. I, we, we've talked about this, but Billy Joel um, and not a nice guy. Whenever uh, his most famous song is him just being like, "I'm too good for you. Why am I even here?" Um, so that's I'm just you know hey. If, if you're, if you're I, have, I, have I told, we'll finish no. with this. Have I told you my Billy Joel story? Oh God. Sophie, work, Sophie has good famous people stories. Is, I don't know is, that this is a good this, one. When I worked a, a half a lifetime ago, uh, before the guestman parents had even met, 
I worked at Runners World Magazine, and one of the guys that worked there was in the original Broadway production of Aquarius way back in the day. Okay. And he said they used to have these wild parties uh, in New York at night in the 60s. So they had these wild parties. And he said there was this guy that showed up all the time that was just kind of hung around them. And he knew him as Bill the Piano Player. Mm-hmm. Turned into Billy Joel. That, that that tends to happen. And he probably wrote that song about those people around there. That's what he did. That, exactly. He's yeah. Condescending from down above. He's a little, you know, you put oh, bread in my jar. These Broadway actors think they're so tough. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're done, so I'm going to call it. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Head on over to latimes.com. It's where you can find Kevin's wonderful article there about uh, about the, the tennis players. So please go check it out. latimes.com. Great stuff from, uh, from Kevin. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have our recap up. We have the video of the post-game press conferences there as well. So you're going to check that out, cornerofthegalaxy.com, our YouTube channel. Subscribe, do all that fun things. We've had a wonderful time. Big shout-out to Soccer Warehouse and George again. Uh, W-E-A-R-H-O-U-S-E. George is a Galaxy fan. Go support him uh, definitely at the Anaheim location there. All right, that does it for Kevin, the Panda Baxter. I'm Josh Pato-Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.